everyone, and welcome back to Casual Climbers, the podcast by and for beginning hikers and those who may not quite be physically ready to tackle the Appalachian Trail. I'm your host, Roy Padrick, and alongside me as always is my wife and adventure buddy, Donna. Happy to be here. Yay for adventure buddies. Adventure buddies. So in this podcast, we provide you with information, tips, and tricks on how to get into hiking in the Blue Ridge area. And we will cover hundreds of trails in the various parks of the region. Hopefully, maybe entertain you a little along the way. We're two middle-aged. Certainly, I'm not in the best shape hikers. Yeah, me neither. Who love the outdoors. And we want to share our experiences with you. Let's get into it. All right. All right. So let's talk about the Sulphur Springs Trail to Fire Tower Trail to Canuga Trail Loop at Paris Mountain State Park. So here it is by the numbers. This loop, which will be posted on our website if you want to see the map of the loop, is 3.53 miles from the trailhead at the top parking area. The time it took us to complete was one hour and 40 minutes of active time at a very leisurely pace. Now, we actually took over two hours to do this, but that included time to stop and enjoy the old building ruins that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes and take the random break and snap some photos. The elevation gain was 400 feet, and it is definitely not wheelchair or scooter friendly. And we did see some kids. So I think it is kid friendly, though I would be careful with them because there are some, especially toward the end, some pretty steep rocks that you have to navigate through. Donna, tell me about your experience. Okay, so we did this hike on Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Um, we did it in the morning, which was my idea. It was a cold morning. We both took the day off and were considering doing two hikes that day to be able to talk about them on the podcast. But as the name of our podcast might suggest, we are unfit. And um, me, myself, personally, I was not ready to do... We did the one hike and then we came home, had lunch, took a nap, and then I was done. So, um, yeah, while it was my idea to get out early in the morning, I started that hike without having breakfast or coffee. And that was a mistake. I did bring... Well, you had a granola bar, and I had yeah, I, did. And I had some yeah. nuts, and um, and we had some beef jerky and that kind of thing. So so got through it, but um, I was in a bit of a mood yesterday morning, and I apologize for that. I was very quiet. Uh, <laughs> it was the quietest hike that we had been on in a while. Yeah, I I played some of my audio book during mm-hmm. it, you know, just to fill the yeah uncomfortable yeah. silence. <laughs> Yeah, I was in a mood, and um, that's not my normal, that's not how I normally am. Um, so, I, it was a beautiful hike. It was no indictment against the hike, and um, this was the first time that I got to the fire tower. I had done this hike before without going, there's a, a like an extra little loop to go to the fire tower. Yeah, there's a spur there. So, what we did yesterday is really a composite of parts of two trails, and then the full fire tower trail. And the Fire Tower Trail is just a spur off of Sulphur Springs and Canuga. It just kind of where those two apex, there is a, another that goes up the mountain. And it's almost at the very top uh, where they had an old fire tower back in the 1930s. And so we'll put pictures of it on the website. It's really kind of oh, neat because yeah. the, the building is 
you know, it's obviously demolished, but you can see the foundation and the chimneys and the old water retention areas. It's, it's, it's neat. It is the first time we had been there. And I was very happy that we made that trek. It's only about half a mile up and half a mile down. It's not. Yeah. Bad. We stopped and kind of had, I guess I would call it a mid morning breakfast kind of snack, whatever. And, you know, took, took a break up there. And I, I just love seeing ruins and, or, or even not ruins, but like historic places, the way sure. that people used to live. And, and um, it was a cold day yesterday. One thing I noticed is that doing a hike in the morning in the winter, I, I'm pretty good about considering the temperature outside. And I even checked the humidity. The humidity yesterday was high. It was 70%. And that affects the cold. But the one thing I didn't consider, because I always say, you know, like if, if, the, if the sun is behind clouds, then you need to take that into consideration. The sun was not behind clouds. We had what I call a blue sky day yesterday. But when we were hiking around the top of the mountain, the first half of the hike, the sun was on us, and it was great. It was warm. Even though there was some wind, the sun kept us warm. When we, after the fire tower, and we rounded the bend, and we were walking, we were hiking that the other half. We were down Heading down from the top of the fire tower, the wind really The wind kicked, kicked up. up, and we were on the other side of the mountain, and the mountain shaded us from the sun, and that made it, I think that made it colder, too. It was colder then. I mean, when we started out, it was pretty cold. My hands, even with the, the gloves, the thin gloves that I had, my hands were pretty cold. Yeah. But, the, yeah, I mean, I agree. The top of the mountain, though, is really great, and I... So a lot of people don't like hiking in winter because, oh, all the trees are dead. But on Paris Mountain specifically, I really like it because in the spring and summer, the trees are so full and green, which is beautiful in its own right. right but you can't see outside, yeah. right? And so in the winter, all the trees are bare and you can see the Blue Ridge Mountains to the west and north. And it's I particularly like hiking there in the yeah, winter. Yeah, you could even see down. You could see... You can see through the trees when they don't have the leaves on. On and we saw like a little village down there. What was that? Was that Traveler's Rest or it was some just little? I don't no, know. I think I don't think it was Traveler's Rest. I think it was northeast of here. Okay. So it's hard to say what it we is. Should, we should figure we'll, out. We'll look yeah. it up. Yeah. And there was a body of water down there, and there's just things that you can't see when the trees are full of leaves. Which, right. which again, it's just a different kind of beauty. It is a different kind of beauty. I really like it. Uh, and, and so one of, the, one of the great things about this is it, this is definitely a breaking a sweat hike, especially in the summer and, oh, yeah. and spring. But it, it's challenging. Your legs will feel it afterward uh, for you beginner hikers. If, if you're listening to this and you're a very experienced hiker, you probably <laughs> think that this is a piece of cake and why are you even talking yeah. about this? But the elevation gain mostly is what makes this a breaking a sweat. I think so. I mean, the distance is something to be considered too. Yeah, 3.53 miles is not a, not a small, it's the longest one we've podcasted about so far. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's pretty great. The, uh, I wanted to talk about, there's several places to stop. So for you listeners out there who are looking for places to rest, 0.96 miles in is a nice downed tree. It's smooth. The bark has been removed, so it's just the smooth hardwood. 
and there's plenty of places does that you could probably fit five people right on the side of the on the side of the trail sitting on that down tree now in this particular trail we went clockwise around yeah we started off this going loop. to the left mm-hmm. so when we gave you the miles that's we're talking about from, from clockwise and then there's an actual bench right there at where fire tower trail goes up right we didn't so actually that's 1.5 mile 1.53 miles yeah in. we didn't actually pass the bench because like you would pass the bench if you didn't go up to the fire tower but you can see the bench from can you? that. Yeah, you can see the bench from where Fire Tower spurs okay. up. Okay, I didn't. I, I know I've sat on that bench before when I haven't when I've done this trail yeah. without doing yeah. the Fire Tower. That's kind of and nice. and then the last one is two point five miles in is a down tree. That's another down tree that's nice to sit on. So uh, so those are the places you can stop. And of course, there's rocks that you can sit on all along. You can find a down tree, but these are just ones that are clearly capable of supporting a human butt. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one time um, we were getting close to the end, but I really needed to take a break. And you suggested, you're like, hey, do you need to take a break? And I was like, yeah. And so I, I plopped down on this rock and then I realized, oh, there's no real good place for you to sit. <laughs> so I apologize for that, too. No, no, it's OK. I. I try not to sit too much because if I sit, you know, yeah, I, my muscles start yeah. getting tight. So I, it I try to stay It can be challenging to get back up. You helped me back up off the rock. Yeah. So I appreciate. Yeah. Not, neither one of us fell off the mountain. No. No. So. No, which is, which is obviously always yeah. good that we don't fall off the mountain. I think so. I like this trail particularly. It's one of my favorites at Paris Mountain. And I know I've said that in each podcast. Um, I haven't come across any that I really don't like. I would say my least favorite of the ones we've covered so far is probably Turtle Trail, just because there's not much to it. Um, but what, what I like about this particular one is that it runs along the ridge of the highest part of Paris Mountain. Yeah, you feel so, like you're so on top of the world. You do. You really do. I really like that. Uh, and you can, like I said, you can see when there's no leaves on the trees you can see the other mountain ranges off into the distance to the west and to the northwest i miss i miss the leaves though and i miss the flowers the the mountain laurels and stuff oh like that. sure yeah i don't know if there's any mountain laurels up there though in the spring i didn't see any mountain laurel trees that high yeah, yeah i think on the lower trails there are some now it does connect to part of brissy ridge trail which is considered the toughest really? trail there at Paris Mountain, just out of difficulty, not out of length. The full Sulphur Springs Trail is the toughest one there because it's so long. Mm, okay. But the, the, the last part of the trail for, that we ran this week was the ending spur of the Brissy Ridge Trail, and it was the toughest terrain-wise. Lots of rocks. They were kind of had to jump down in a few places from some rocks. You had to climb over it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I used to, when we were hiking a little bit in the summer, I used to worry about people that wore shorts when they were hiking. I'm going to protect my knees from, like, when, when you have to climb up over rocks and stuff like that, which is not maybe advisable for somebody who is unfit, but I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to wear hiking pants as well. 
mostly because just in case I run across some poison oak or something mm. like that, I want to make sure that I'm not doing it. And also the random, the random branches or twigs that are sticking out just gives you a little bit layer of protection. Yeah, and they make those hiking pants really thin and like parachute material right. or something like that. So they're they're pretty cool now nowadays. Um, and quick drying if you get them wet, that kind of thing. But right, right. So so what gear did you bring yesterday? Yesterday, I well, so I have kind of like thermal underwear that I have a thick pair and a thin pair for my legs because of the humidity and the temperature. I I wore my thicker pair with my jeans, and then I I don't want to say I wore two pairs of socks, but I like I wear I wore like knee high stockings and then my hiking socks. And that helps keep my feet warm. And then my hiking boots. And yeah, and my jacket. Well, you used one pole yesterday, right? I used right? one pole, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you used your your backpack that has the water bladder in it. But I used mine the other day and I didn't drink all that water and it was just heavy to carry. So I carried my um, my backpack that I just put a big water bottle in and that was plenty of water for this. Yeah. I mean, with those water bottles, you can fill the water bladder as high or as low as you want. Yeah. You know, I, I always prefer to have more. Than you as, yeah. As I keep it full yeah. just in case. Also, you know, for any reason. I mean, it's kind of nice to have a backpack because for me anyway, I don't know about you, but it helps me to like keep my shoulders back and stand up straight. That kind of while I'm hiking rather than being over, it's pulling my shoulders back a bit. For me, that's a good thing. It does kind of help your posture. Yeah, the gear I had yesterday, so I had my my hiking shoes on. I I prefer shoes to boots just because I don't like things around my ankles, but, you know, it's personal preference. Yeah. You prefer boots too. I, I need the ankle support. Yeah. And I had my water bladder backpack with uh, a few snacks in it. And, of course, you know, the cold weather stuff that we had, the gloves, the sock cap, my jacket. Yeah. And a single pole, and I felt like that was fine. Yeah. For this for this particular trail. By the by, the end of the first half on the sunny side, I was taking my hat, and my gloves off, and putting them in my backpack, or rather, I think I asked you to put them in my backpack. <laughs> and and when we rounded that corner, and the wind kicked up, and we were in the shade, I wanted those gloves back on, my hat back on, and zipped up my jacket again, all that good stuff. So. It's nice to have the options to stuff on, take stuff off when you're not 100% sure about the weather and the temperature. I want to say, I, I don't know if you've ever been hiking or out walking around with the high gusts of wind like that, but did, did you hear the trees creaking? I did. I heard, and the one time that I heard it the loudest, it was a downed tree that was leaning against a live tree. Yeah, kind of like just at an angle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard it. And so I was keeping an eye on that one yeah. as we were going through just to make sure we weren't going to get crushed by a uh-huh. falling dead I'm tree. I'm pretty sure if if a tree falls in the woods, it makes a noise. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's yeah. some pretty, I mean, because I don't even know how tall these trees are. So these trees are really incredibly tall. But, 50 feet and larger. Yeah. They're, they're really tall. But not super wide around the, like, this, 
like around the base, the, the girth of them. They're not that thick for for their height. Right. So, um, yeah, I and 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 then also too, you see trees that have fallen and then been cut away so that you can get through on the path. So you know this happens. Trees get blown down. Yes. <laughs> so hearing them creak was unnerving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was a so. What was your overall impression of the hike? I really, I really enjoyed it. I definitely want to go back and do this hike again this spring. You know me; I'm not a huge summer hiker, but since you got me that that thing to keep the bugs away, I'm gonna be more warmed up to yeah hiking in the summer. <laughs> when we when we get to summer hikes, we'll we'll talk about our. Our bug protection yeah, listeners. Yeah. Because so. I am, I I have issues with things buzzing in my ears. She didn't care for them. To, to put it lightly. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. The Canuga Trail itself extends far beyond what we did in the loop yesterday. We will do the Canuga Trail at a different date, as well as the uh, the trail that goes around the other lake, the third lake that's up there. And then the Pasipsawa Trail that, that heads Pasipsawa? up to... Pasipsawa? Trail okay. that heads up there. Um, so how many of the trails in Paris Mountain, like, sort of overlap or crisscross or, like, you're doing a portion of this while you're doing the whole thing of this? So many. So many do that. I think the only... I think there are two that are completely separate from everything else. That's the Sassafras Loop, which is the second one in this episode. Okay. And Turtle Trail Those are is ones. not a part of yeah, anything yeah, yeah. else. Yeah, Turtle Trail is nice and short, though. Yeah. So, but The yeah. other ones are all kind of they... part of another or other trails use part of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean... Oh, sure. Why, why reinvent the wheel if... If you have a trail that's going up through the top of the mountain, why not use part of the Canuga or Brissy Ridge trail? Yeah, but you just need to be aware of what color you're following and the signage and everything to stay on your trail. And you used a different app this time. What did you think of that? I used Kamut this time just to try out something different. Mm -hmm. And I either really love it or I don't care for it. (laughs) And I'm not sure which it is. One thing that was really kind of helpful was the voice directions mm-hmm. that come through. Yeah, except we were trying to listen to your audiobook. And- yeah, <laughs> so it interrupted. Yeah. You can turn the voice directions off yeah. if you want to. The thing that is the thing I like about Kamut compared to all trails is that I feel like the Kamut's data recording is better. The elevation gain, the total distance, all that stuff is better. Where all trails beats Kamut is that Kamut almost always requires you to create your own trail, and all trails has them built in. So you can choose the one that you want. And I think the other thing that you mentioned was that you liked the fact that Kamut will talk to your watch or something? Yeah. So there is a Kamut app for, for Galaxy Watch, and I think for the iOS Watch too, which is really nice because you can just have you, your phone in your pocket and you can start and pause and stop and look at your distance and elevation gain right there on your watch instead of having to dig your phone out of your pocket. Yeah, yeah, that is. 
So overall, on a scale from one to ten, how would you rate this uh, conglomeration of trails we took? I don't like rating things on a scale of one to ten. I'm like a politician. I just want to dodge that question. Um, I will definitely be doing this hike again, whatever that means. So, um, shoot, what? Uh, maybe like a seven. Okay. I mean, you've given a seven to many of them. So I have. <laughs> it's my comfort zone. It's my comfort. I. I mean, I just I like all the hikes. I do. I, I like all the hikes too. I, that's tough. It's tough. It because, is tough. I mean, I guess I guess you'll really know if and when we ever do a hike that I really hate because I'll be like, I'll give it a zero. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just it's just so wonderful getting out in nature, breathing the fresh air, seeing the the sky, trees. hearing the birds, yeah, listening squirrels. to the squirrels. Oh my gosh, the squirrels at this time of year. It's so interesting because I. You know, being a Floridian, never really noticed this before, but the scurrying through the leaves on the ground, I always think it's something bigger, but it's always it's a always squirrel. It's always a squirrel. <laughs> it is. So occasionally we'll see a gopher, or what is that, the oh. chipmunks. Yeah. But mostly it's almost always a squirrel. We have a, um, what is that called? We have a groundhog, groundhog in our backyard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder if they're, if we have them. I doubt they're up there because it's the, yeah. uh, the soil's not that deep, so it would be hard for them to tunnel into the rock. Oh, the rock, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think what pushed this this trail for me, the loop that we did, is an eight. Solely oh, because, because of, the of the fire tower at the top. Yeah. yeah. That does add quite a bit. The the history and I don't know, just feeling there. It's is it is it irony that the the house where the person lived to be watching for fires that that house burned down. I think so. I think that's, I think that's ironic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, like, I'd like to look up the history of that. Like how big was that fire? Did it just affect the house? Did it affect a lot? Oh, the surrounding area? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They, they have a plaque there, but they don't go into a lot of detail about it. They basically just said, here's the ruins of a house that was built in 1938 for the nearby fire tower. Uh, so that the family who who was on watch there could be close to the fire tower instead of having to always go up. And I, right. I got to tell you, I would have loved that job. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty great. Except for going to the outhouse in the middle of winter. That's right. There was an outhouse, no indoor yeah. plumbing. So that, that would be, that would be kind of rough. And I'm sure, you know, there, there is a house up there, a residential home. That's yeah. probably, what, 200 yards away? From the fire tower. Yes. And so that is, eh, you know, it takes you out a little bit of the, of the nature feel, but I can imagine what it was like back, mm. back in 1938 when there was nothing there, just woods. Yeah. Must have been amazing. No cell signal. No, that's a good thing. Honestly, <laughs> that's a good thing. All right. So this was a good trail for us. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was challenging, but it was a good one. And so now let's go ahead and talk about uh, the Sassafras Trail. Our second trail of the day was the Sassafras Loop Trail. And here it is by the numbers. The distance is 2.3 miles from the trailhead at the Sulphur Springs parking area. And the time it took us was one hour and one minute at a comfortable pace. Now, this was a little faster than we usually go. And only because we were doing it right after work and we wanted to make sure we got back before it started to turn dark. Yeah. 
Well, that and you were kind of messing with me a little bit there at the end. I don't think that's true. Yeah, you nope, were you were true. like poking me with your We're going to keep going with the by the numbers. Okay. The lowest point was <laughs> 1000 feet. The highest point was 1250 feet. Now, friendliness, it was not wheelchair friendly. There's a lot of steep climbs, a lot of steep descents, number of rocks, number of uh, creek crossings with rocks. Uh, but it is kid friendly. We saw a family with uh, two or three very small young children on the trail. Yeah, those kids were so cute. They were having a good time. Yeah, they were at the uh, bridge over the the one bridge that goes over the creek. They were just sitting there dipping their feet in there. Yeah. How far in would you say that that little bridge was about a fourth of the way in on the hike? I felt like it was pretty early on. No, I. It's probably closer to a third. Okay. Yeah, probably closer to a third. So the big thing about this trail is that it is hiker and a mountain bike trail. Right. And. This is one of the few trails where they tell you the direction for each person. And this is because some of the turns on this trail. They're blind. They're blind. Yeah. And so they want to make sure you can see the mountain bikers coming. Right. And they do move fast because this is a fast trail for mountain bikers. Yeah. But the couple of mountain bikers that we encountered yesterday evening, um, they stopped. To, once they, they saw us about the same time we saw them and they stopped. That's not our usual experience with mountain bikers. Mountain bikers are usually, if they can keep going, they will keep going. But these ones were particularly polite. Yeah, they were. I I can see why it's a very mountain bike friendly trail because there's a lot of There's a lot of stretches. ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of ups and downs. And there's also a lot of stretches where there aren't a lot of rocks and roots so they can get some speed going. I think one positive thing for hikers that share a path with mountain bikers, I think maybe, I don't know, but maybe like when there's leaves on the ground, there were, there were a lot of places on this path where the leaves had been, they weren't on the path anymore. And maybe that's because of the mountain bikers sort of swooshing the leaves off the path. I don't know. It's possible. Yeah. This one, interestingly enough about this one compared to the others is I think we saw the most pine trees on this trail that we had seen on any trail at Paris Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, and it's interesting. It's long enough of a trail that you go through sections of it that look completely different. It's like you're walking through almost different ecosystems sure. or something. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and so hikers will go to the left at the trailhead going, moving clockwise and Mountain bikers go to the right, moving counterclockwise. Right. One of the things, the first part of the trail, I'd say the first half, is pretty boring compared to other trails at State at uh, Paris Mountain because there's not a lot of views. Yeah. At all, especially in the first half. But I was just really focusing on going up, and it it was challenging there at the beginning going up on that trail it was not easy for me the first half is a full-on climb yeah it is it's there's no real steep parts there's about the the highest climb increase was 13 percent grade and that was for a very short period but it's consistent yeah it's a consistent climb up for the first for the first just a little over half yeah to be honest as far as footing goes, I going up, I felt fine 
as far as I didn't feel like I was going to slip on the leaves. But once you get on that second half and you're going down the leaves and everything, that was when I felt a little unsure of my footing. I felt like I slipped on leaves a little bit. So I was glad I had my hiking stick. Yeah, I was too. The the descent is the entire second half of mm-hmm. the of the trail. And there were parts that were fairly steep that I felt like could have slipped. Now the family we were with, they did not have hiking sticks. Yeah. Or hiking boots or shoes. They they had tennis shoes on. So it it can be done clearly and people do it all the time clearly but i definitely felt better with my with the single pole that i had yeah well i mean the older you get the more it hurts when you fall i think yeah kids kind of bounce kids do bounce i remember when i was younger i i, I bounced a lot on the ground <laughs> against the wall <laughs> the the second half of the trail i think is really interesting because you're traveling pretty much along the ridge of one of the mountains so on one side you have a pretty deep valley and then on the other side you have climbing up to the to the summits of that particular part of the mountain and then it would change back and forth as to which side was the peak in the valley i really enjoyed that second half yeah and with the leaves gone from the trees you can see much much further Mm -hmm. and there were these outcroppings of rocks rock formations that they they were really interesting to see too, really large boulders, really not rocks. I mean, they were pretty big. Yeah, jutting out. I I liked looking down into the valley, and you know when I'm at Paris Mountain, I'm always keeping an eye out for deer, for bears. We have yet to see a bear, but we've seen many deer there. Yeah, and of course, you know raccoons and tons of squirrels. There were squirrels this time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked looking down and seeing that creek that ran along in the ravine for a while there we crossed over i feel like we crossed over i mean i'd say creek it was really really small it's a small creek the widest part i think is where the bridge crosses it mm-hmm. and it's what three feet yeah wide maybe yeah that's where that family was sitting there and enjoying their picnic dinner yeah so we got pictures on the trail as we usually do it'll be up on the on the website under trail photos the episode three what did you find challenging about this one besides the climb? Hmm. Okay, so the fact that there's no benches or really even good trees to sit on. Once you're on this trail, once you're past that, I mean, that family was sitting there at the little, it was a man-made little bridge over that three-foot little creek thing. Um, they were sitting on that bridge dangling their feet over, and it's not, not very far to the water. Once you're past that little bridge, that's the last man-made thing that you see on this trail. That, if I remember correctly. It's the only man-made thing that you see on the trail. Yeah. Once you start start, on the trail, that's it. Yeah, from start to finish. So, yeah, it's quite lovely. And I would have stopped there. But since that young family was enjoying a dinner picnic, we didn't really want to bother them. And there's not much room there. So we, we pressed on. Um. So, yeah, I mentioned already there's a lot of uphill in the beginning. I got out of breath and was challenged right out of the gate with going up. But if you can get past that, it's not too bad. Once in a while, there's some more up and down. You you said that the second half is 
descent only, but I remember being like some little bit up and then mostly down for sure. It's kind of neat that in a few places on this hike, the ground is just higher on one side of the path. And sometimes it sort of creates a kind of dirt shelf. And there was one point where I needed to get my water out of my backpack. And I just set my backpack on the earth shelf next to me. It was just the right height. So that was kind of cool. It's one of the more curvy trails as well. Like You'll see in the pictures that we post on the site, there are many parts where you take a picture and you can see the trail curve several times. I love that. Yeah, it's it kind is of fun. magical. And I think you got a picture too of some almost canopy of of plants and trees and stuff. And the, so the curvy path and then the plants along the way. It's really beautiful. The last 25% has a good deal of mountain laurels. Now the leaves are all gone from it now, but I imagine in the spring and summer, that's going to be really, really gorgeous. Because there is, as you said, that canopy of mountain laurels that kind of crosses over the stream and yeah. crosses over the trail and you go about 100 yards through this canopy. Yeah. When the flowers come from the mountain laurels, that is just a magic. It's like fairyland. It's just a magical time of year. But yeah, about halfway through the hike, I became aware of my breathing. I was breathing heavily in and out of my mouth. And so I consciously did that thing that you you sometimes when you see me doing that, you're like, breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And so I reminded myself of that. And that really helped me to sort of access my second wind. And yeah. The first half, the first half is a steady climb. It really is. It that's why this one falls firmly in the breaking a sweat category. Yeah, even though it was cold yesterday, and I mean I did what was it, forty forty five degrees? Yeah, 45 degrees when we went out. It was still high humidity. Yeah. Um, Not as much wind on this path as... No, not as much as up top, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I don't think we really felt it at all. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe because we were just a little bit low. We were that much lower enough that the wind, if there was any, it didn't affect us. Right. So, um, yeah. So when we were on that second half of the... the, um, Hike, I I just every once in a while I heard that family with the kids behind us. You could hear the kids like screaming and laughing and playing, yeah. and that was kind of cool. But that kind of inspired me to keep moving. I don't know why. I just wanted to <laughs> stay. You didn't want to get beat by a little kid. Well, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I know I didn't. A little four year old trying to beat me on the four, trail. Yeah, it was like a family of like I think it was two, a mom and a dad, and then three little girls, and they were so adorable. Yeah, um, they just were having the time of their life. I, I for a minute, I was a little bit concerned because I was concerned for us about whether we were going to get out of the park by time they locked the gate because we got there at four thirty. We we started that path at four thirty and. They locked the gate at six and this, I think this hike said that you're supposed to do this in an hour. So my kind of rule of thumb is since we're in the condition that we're in, tack on an extra 30 minutes. Thankfully, didn't need to do that. If we were going at our usual leisurely pace and had chosen to stop and rest, we probably would have been an hour. Probably. And... So I learned from the other hike that we talked about at the beginning of this episode 
I definitely had something to eat and had some caffeine and felt much, I was in a much better mind space doing this hike. I was, I, I had the fuel that I needed. Plus I had snacks to eat. So yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, it's, it's not one of my favorites at Harris Mountain. It is by no means a bad trail. Right. But it's, it's not one of my favorites just because I prefer the visual payoffs, waterfalls, mm-hmm. fire tower, you know, ruins, stuff like that. Or if I'm going to do a challenging trail, I want it to be really challenging so that the payoff is that I can say that I did it. And that will be Brissy Ridge later. Yeah, see, I kind of think you and I might disagree on that a bit just because I really liked the fact that this one challenged me a bit. But I also felt safe on that path almost exclusively. I didn't feel like I was going to slide off the mountain. I felt like the path was wide enough to step off to the side when a mountain bike person had to pass us. There was only a couple times where I felt like the path was pretty narrow where we couldn't have stepped aside if a biker was there. Yeah. Not very many. Like you said, it's typically pretty wide, especially the the first three quarters of it is very wide and traversable. It does go up, but it's very wide. Yeah. So I, yeah, I like feeling safe on a path, which I have a feeling that you're going to be exposing me to challenges in Paris Mountain where I'm going to feel less safe. Um, maybe like traversing boulders or yeah. Percy Ridge yeah. would be like that for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not me. That's the listeners forcing this on us. So blame them. Oh, no. Nobody's forcing this on us. No, not at all. Sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we talked a little bit about next week's episode or whenever we do Percy Ridge. And we're, we have done up to now, this is our third episode, and we've done two hikes. We're talking about when we do a super challenging hike, we might just do one hike for that episode. Right. The Brissy Ridge is tough. It's not terribly long. I mean, it is long. It's over two miles, but it's it's not like as long as some of the others out there, but it's definitely the most challenging of the trails. Like, am I going to be there? digging my fingernails into the side of like mountain, like dirt kind of thing? No, I don't think so. But there's a lot of climbing. There's a reason mountain bikes aren't allowed on. Um, and I think we're also probably going to cover the Sulphur Springs Loop. That's 4.6 miles. That'll be by itself. Yeah. And that one's pretty tough, too, because it goes from the Sulphur Springs parking area all the way up and then back down. Okay. All right. Bring it. Yeah. We have a couple before then. <laughs> okay. So if you were going to bring... Uh, a brand new person who'd never been mountain hiking before on this trail, what would you tell them to bring? Uh, well, yeah. So in this kind of weather, again, I, I appreciated having my backpack that, cause I started out with my hat and my gloves and, and a scarf and all of those things went into my backpack. Uh, the water was definitely much appreciated, needed. I don't know. It was, I, I always just want to have water with me and snacks. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm a baby, though, because, like, did I really need the water in the snacks? That might be a security blanket. The water, me. yeah. I, I think the general rule of thumb is any mile, any any trail longer than a mile, you should have water. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And honestly, I think I'm going to start bringing some, something to put in my water to make it, like, have the electrolytes and stuff like that. Too. Okay. Something like a Gatorade pack mm -hmm. or a liquid IV or something like that. I think that would help. It, it definitely will help, you know, avoid cramps mm -hmm. later. Sure. Yeah. How did you feel after this? Um, I felt pretty good. But again, we went after a work day after sitting at in front of a computer all day. So I was ready to get up and be active. As was I. Yeah. yeah. So that felt pretty good to do that. Uh, we don't normally, we're not normally active at that time of day, I think. No, usually we, after work, we cook dinner and then sit down and relax. Yeah, have yeah. a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it felt good. It did feel good. Yeah. Okay, so that was the, the Sassafras Loop Trail. Uh, since Donna hates rating these things. <laughs> I'm going to give today's rating. Okay, good. I think the Sassafras Loop Trail is a five. Yeah? Yeah. It's middle of the road for me. The first half, in my opinion, is flat out boring to hike. There's a slight climb, but there's almost nothing to look at. I don't you know. get pine scrub. It's. We'll do this one again in a different season. Yeah, maybe in spring it'll be better. I'm sure that, you know, the last 25% with the mountain laurels are going to be great, but do I want to do I want to go through it for 25% when the Lake Placid Loop has way more mountain laurels on it and it's much easier, a prettier hike? I mean, no. Paris Mountain's 10 minutes away, and I think it's worth it. I, I would give it a six. Okay, but that's still lower than your typical seven that you give out. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're you're influencing my. No, I think I think a solid six. I yeah. I think mountain bikers would rate this one higher. This seems like a very mountain bike friendly trail. Lots of room for them to go up and down, especially down. So, so I think this one's probably fun for them. But for hiking, yeah, that and that's just our our opinion. You may hike it and be like, this is the favorite hike I've ever done. If you do, hey, drop us a line. Let us know. Hey, you guys are wrong. This yeah. The best. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I will tell our listeners that my husband is wrong sometimes. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are we going to go into specifics as to when that might be? No, I'll, I'll let you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when that happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I can't imagine it <laughs> happens frequently. No, no, not frequently. <laughs> like, like what? Once a month, maybe. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so that's the Sassafras <laughs> Trail. Okay, guys, so that's it. Today we covered the Sulphur Springs to Fire Tower to Canuga Trail Loop at the top of Paris Mountain State Park, and we covered the Sassafras Loop Trail. Both are good trails in their own way. In my opinion, the one at the top, the Sulphur Springs Fire Tower Canuga, is a much nicer hike. It's far more enjoyable. What did you think, Donna, of the trails? How, how did you like our week of trails? I enjoyed them. I would do, I definitely want to go back to the Fire Tower Trail 
when it's not so windy and maybe at a different time of day so that we're not in so much shade. Yeah. Or in wind. Yes. In yeah. wind. Yeah. The creaking of the trees freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. So Now this week, as you alluded to in our first, in our first segment on the, the trail, I did use a different app this week. Mm-hmm. Now, usually I had been using all trails and this, this time I used Kamut and Kamut. I enjoy very much, and I think I'm going to start using it moving forward. The turn-by-turn is really nice if you get lost on trails. Now, the trails of Paris Mountain are fairly straightforward. They're they're not difficult, but we have been on some trails at uh, Oconee Station State Park and Devil's Fork where the trails aren't so quite clearly marked. So this might be, uh, Kamut, I think, will come in pretty handy on those trails. I got lost one time on Paris Mountain when I was not with you. I was hiking by myself. I made a left when I was supposed to make a right. It was the last turn, I believe, on the Canuga Trail, and I was trying to get oh. back to the parking lot. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it I, if I hadn't caught that, I could still be up on Paris Mountain today. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's the Brissy Ridge. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, there, I got to a point where I was I needed to duck under a tree to continue yep. on the path. And that was when I knew something was off because I didn't remember that being the case in the past. So, yeah, I had to backtrack. But yeah, that so Kamut would have been helpful. Kamut would have been. Yeah, yeah, very helpful. And again, listeners, we're not sponsored by anybody. We're not paid by anybody. You don't need an app to work these trails, especially at Paris Mountain State Park. They're they're very clearly marked. They, yeah, there probably was a color on a tree somewhere that I could have just really or or signage or something that was that was early on after we moved here. That was one of my first I think that was my first time hiking on Paris Mountain by myself. Now, I, I do I do want to bring up a point of contention. So mm. Donna picks on me. About my color blindness. It doesn't sound like me, though. I don't think I would pick on you. Oh, oh I think you do. <laughs> so I'm, I was diagnosed red-green colorblind when I joined the Navy, and they, they gave me the color test, and I didn't realize I was red-green colorblind until then. So that causes me to have difficulty seeing shades sometime mm-hmm. of, of colors. And some of the paints that these parks use, Paris Mountain, not so much, but others, they'll have like, Oh, here's a red and an orange trail. And to me, sometimes if the red is lighter and the orange is darker, they look very, very similar. I believe you were confusing orange and yellow, though. In my defense, the orange was faded Mm -hmm. and it looked yellow. (laughs) And you didn't need to pick on me. I wasn't picking on you. I was trying to help you. The rest of the trail. (laughs) Yeah. Listener, you want to know how she was helping me? She was saying, hey, there's a yellow one. Hey, there's another yellow one. Hey, there's a... You know, I almost cried <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> on that trail because you hurt me so deeply. I, I don't know how to respond to that. Um, that's... You don't blame me? I, I mean, a part of me is really sorry and a part of me is super entertained by the fact that... <laughs> <laughs> see, yeah. See, see, she comes off as really sweet and nice, but now you're starting to see the dark side of her listeners. Uh-huh. <laughs> so those were our trails this week. Uh, that was our tech. It, it was not a very, 
you know, tech or gear heavy week. I think we're going to have some different gear when we hit Brissy Ridge. I might go with hiking boots instead of shoes because of the terrain and, and what you have to do. And I definitely will go with two poles. And, but we'll talk about that when we get to the Brissy Ridge Trail in a, in a couple weeks. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. Yes, thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's how our podcast can grow. That's how our listenership grows. And if you have any questions or comments, hit us up, casualclimberspodcast at gmail.com or casualclimbers.podbean.com. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you guys hit the trails and we see you out there. Yeah, we'll see you on the trails. <laughs> <laughs>